Mom to Mom podcast. We're three generations of moms who've experienced nearly every season of motherhood. Of course, we don't have all the answers, but you can be sure that we'll always point you to the one who does. We're pouring a cup of coffee and we're chatting motherhood today. Pull up a chair. We're really glad you're here. Welcome back to the podcast for every mom in every season. Kate, Jamie, and I are excited to begin a two-part conversation that we know will meet each of us where we are today and every day. It would be easier to get parenting directives and blanket advice or tips, but we know the importance and value of learning how to be a better boy mom and a better girl mom, and so we have chosen to bring the conversation close to home this month and talk all things boys and all things girls. If you're listening in now and are a boy mom or no other moms who are, hit pause and message them now. Listen into this boy mom episode as we have a very special guest and boy mom expert with us today. So are you ready? Did you get your friends? Because today we have with us Monica Swanson, author of Boy Mom, What Your Son Needs Most From You. Monica Swanson is a wife, mom, author, blogger, and podcast host who's passionate about encouraging moms who are raising boys in today's world. Monica and her doctor husband, Dave, have one son in college and three more boys at home, dividing their time between homeschooling and surfing. The Swansons enjoy growing tropical fruit at their home in the country on the North Shore of Oahu, Hawaii. So welcome, Monica. Thank you so much. Great to be here. Thank you. Yeah, we're so excited. Um, It's Jamie and I today recording with you and Kate is going to join us again when we do the Girl Mom episode, but today we want to talk to you about all things boys, and would you like to introduce us a little bit more and tell us a little bit more about what an everyday life in your home with boys looks like? (laughs) Sure. Every day looks a little different, and that has a lot to do with surfing because our life does tend to revolve a bit around the surf. I have um, three boys still at home. Well, during the quarantine, four boys at home, but typically three. And the younger two are competitive surfers. The 16-year-old is like kind of a young professional surfer at this point. So when he's not traveling into other countries to surf, he is home. And so depending on when the surf is good, they are out in the water. And then we homeschool kind of around that. And so every day looks different, but a lot of time just together as a family. The brothers are very active. They Uh, We have a little skate park in our front yard. Uh, We have a dog. There's just a lot of boy romping and playing and laughter and roughhousing. And we get school done wherever we can. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Sounds like a boy mom. Jamie has four boys as well. So I know she's nodding her head and she can associate with a lot of that. So I want to talk about, we want to talk about what do boys need most? at every age, whether it's their birth order, if that makes a difference from their parents. A lot of times on our podcast, we talk about what we can give our children, reaching their hearts and all of those things that define character and raising them. But today we want to talk about boys and what they need from from us as their moms. Yeah. I love to talk birth order. I love to talk love language. There's so many factors, but yes, boys are unique and I love raising them. So your boys right now are college to junior high is that where your your boys are now the youngest is just nine so we had three um kind of more in a row each every two years we had a son and then we had about a just over a six-year gap 
when we decided to try for one more, thinking maybe we'd get the girl finally. And nine short months later, our fourth son was born. So yeah, all boys. Okay. Okay. Kind of fun to have a younger one around still. So what have you noticed differently from, from them and their different ages? Let's say raising your oldest son to now having your youngest son. What, is, what are some big things that stand out as far as raising boys? Especially in this particular cultural moment, because it's probably a little bit different from when you raised your first, I'm assuming. Oh, it is so different. It's really amazing how much has changed since my first sons were born. And, and I talk in my book just a little about how those first three boys were really um, raised in their early years in a time where technology just wasn't what it is today. It wasn't the center of everybody's attention. And so there was so much more um, natural draw to being outside, to exploring nature, to books, to all of the hands-on things. Whereas now, uh, the nine-year-old is just, it's a, it's a daily battle because everybody's got devices and it's just a part of our life. So unfortunately, I feel like I'm, I'm facing a battle I didn't face with the oldest boys. So that part's a little bit difficult. But yeah, I think that as far as their needs go, tuning into our kids, and I think this applies to girls as well, but really being a student of our kids and figuring out where they're at right now and what they need most based on what they're going through, their age and stage, you know, all, all of their individual needs. And, and a lot of that has to do with just giving them the time and the prayer so that you're tuned in because what they need when they're seven, it may change to when they're nine or when they're 12. And it's not always the same rate as the brothers. Some of my boys matured more quickly. Some were ready for more independence. Some weren't. So I think a lot of that is just being tuned in and prayerful and, and really thoughtful. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, there's a lot of things that are across the board when we're raising children, but I, I have discovered with my boys, they, I have to be more intentional to having conversations with them um, and, and asking them what's going on in their head. Whereas some of my girls will just come to me in this emotional roller coaster. right? I mean, have you discovered that? Like you have to be more intentional with finding out what they're thinking and feeling and get, getting them to communicate. Yes. Definitely. I think that um, I've been pretty blessed with boys who are uh, fairly open with me. They talk to me a lot, but some of them more easily than, than others. And so, yes, a lot of it is just bringing up conversations and throwing it out there and kind of waiting for a response. And if they don't respond, then bringing it up again later. But definitely there is some intentionality there. Yeah. And I think too, it, it's important that, and I'm sure you can attest to this, Monica, that all of that happens when they're really little. Like you can't expect your teenager to come to you with really heavy stuff if you can't invest in what's important to your seven-year-old. You know, you have to start those um, conversational threads and connections when they're little and find value in what they find value in, no matter what age or stage they're in. Definitely. Yes. I say, you know, listen to them when they wake up and want to tell you all about their dreams, all about their, what they watched, you know, the cartoon or the game they played. And sometimes it just goes on and on. But for every moment you sit and listen, they're learning to trust you as somebody that wants to listen. So I want to talk real quickly. I'm just going to um, jump around here today, I think, because we're talking about communication and conversations with our boys. I want to talk about those personal and private topics. Mm. Do you have those conversations with your sons as a mom and how do you do that? And can, maybe you can give us some of our listeners some really good advice and practical tips on how to have those personal conversations about private and personal topics, whether it's girls or struggles, those things that we as moms, all moms 
that are raising boys are having or thinking, I need to have this conversation. I and I want to have this conversation. How do we do that? Is their mom? Oh, totally. Yeah, that's that's a tough one. And I think that all moms have different personalities, different styles. I know for our family, I'm more the communicator in the family, um, as opposed to my husband, who's a little bit more of an introvert, quieter. And so when it comes to those topics, I have just kind of taken the role that it's okay. And even when we're talking about sexuality and and you know the sticky subjects that are difficult to bring up. My husband's a doctor, he's a guy. So, you know, I always say that some people would think, oh, this is the dad's job. The dad needs to talk to the boys. The dad needs to do the weekend away. And, you know, in an ideal world, maybe that happens. But for us, it just doesn't happen much if I don't decide I'm going to be the one to bring it up. So I've really tried to uh, bring things up, whether it is, you know, talking about about sex, talking about um, insecurities or how they're feeling going into adolescence and puberty and all those things that can be so awkward. And I just tell myself that that they don't know how uncomfortable I am. And sometimes you just need to fake it and just bring things up. And once you bust through that and open up a conversation, now it's kind of out there, I say, and then it's open game to return to. So even if you bring something up and they squirm and they look away and they don't want to talk, they know now that that's an okay conversation to have. And then if you bring it up again, you know, a few days later, weeks or months later, it's kind of out there as open game to talk about is how I see it. So when they are ready to talk, they're going to be more likely to talk to you. So mm-hmm. yeah, I just kind of force myself to push through the awkward mm-hmm. and to bring things up that are hard because I know it's worth it. Even if it's hard, it's worth it to talk about the hard stuff. Yeah. So Monica, building on that with having these good conversations with our kids, I think that helps us have a good relationship with our sons, uh, with our, you know, as a mom. So let's talk about that. How do we build a healthy relationship with our sons starting when they're really little? What does that look like? How, How do you grow and build this really good, healthy relationship so that they don't see you as, um, the one enforcing the rules and the one making them do this and that, and the one maybe spoiling all their fun. Like, you know, sometimes as moms, we're doing all the work during the day. And especially for boys, we're always, please don't do that. Please quiet down, please. Like, and then we have to have these hard conversations and, and we really want a really strong, healthy relationship with our boys. So let's start to the mom listening who has young boys, little ones like my daughter, she's listening and she has a four-year-old boy. And then, you know, I still, I have a 15 year old boy and a 25 year old boy. So all moms in all seasons, listen to this podcast. I want to kind of talk about, um, because you've been in every season almost there, Monica. So what does that look like? How do you build that healthy relationship, you know, that lasts with your son? Mm, I love this topic so much. And, and again, I think that we, as moms will probably have a natural bend. Some moms just love to love on their boys. They want to just enjoy them and have fun with them. And they're terrible at saying no, they, they're not good at being the authority. Other moms lean the other direction. And I'm sure some of this has to do with how we were raised or just our personality, but some moms tend to be really strict and the rule enforcer, but kind of forgets to be the nurturer or to have fun. And so I think that something you said a moment ago is just that word intentionality. I think if we start each day saying, I need to look for moments today to really connect with my son. I need to look for those moments where I can laugh and enjoy him, Um, some physical affection, whether you scratch his back or give him a big hug, but kind of going into your day knowing 
these things are really important, but also knowing that we need to have standards, we need to have boundaries, we need to be able to say no. And, and it's kind of a balancing act, I suppose, like so much of life and we'll never get it perfect. But I think if we go into the day with that intentionality, it's certainly going to help. And um, in an early chapter in my book, I, I cover four what I call building blocks of um, a healthy relationship with our son. And, and the four things I touch on are love, trust, respect, and grace. And uh, I, I just love each of those because I think that when they work together, you know, love is oftentimes real natural for a mom. We just adore our boys, <laughs> we adore our kids, but that love has to grow up with our kids, right? So we can't baby our teenager. Once they hit those teenagers, things change and we need to change with them. Um, then trust is really the two-way street where we want our kids to know we need to trust them so we're really teaching them character qualities of being truthful and always a man of their word but they also need to trust us and this you know when they're young we are how they learn trust when they're hungry we feed them when they have an owie we kiss them we take care of them but then as they get older i think especially when we're dealing with things like social media they need to trust that we're not gonna embarrass them, that we're not gonna tell stories about them or post a picture. I mean, I've got busted before when they're like, you didn't ask me about this picture and I'm looking at it going, it's perfectly fine, but something about that picture really bothered them. So I'm learning that they need to trust me, that I've got their back, that I'm not gonna expose them or embarrass them. And then um, respect again, it's a two-way street. It's where our kids need to respect us. And I think those moms that just love to love on their kids still need to hold that standard of respect and and that's something that's really important to me i think it's somewhat of a, a lost character quality these days where kids get by with rolling their eyes slamming doors and i'm like no 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 we when i start to see a little of that it's like let's back up a little bit and remember how we communicate but with that respect again as boys grow up i think they really need to feel respected by their moms and so that's where i've learned to use that language of respect and and say things like wow you know i really admire the man you're becoming i i really respect that choice you made so respect and trust both are that two-way street and then you know you just have to throw grace in there because don't we all need grace every day i mean none of us are going to get it perfect our kids aren't going to get it perfect but when we see grace thread throughout all of those things then i think that relationship really is built on a beautiful foundation so that's kind of my, my full four foundational answer to your question that's good i think i think that covers it all <laughs> right yeah. yeah that's so great so you mentioned um the idea of respect i heard you say that a couple of times and i feel like that is a word especially when you pair it up with men or mm -hmm. the male gender, I feel like there's a lot of pushback in our culture right now because we have other words like toxic masculinity and we pull away from that. Um, it's definitely a societal buzzword, but you know, when you pair respect with men, we mm -hmm. just naturally want to pull back, assuming that it's going to then lead to you know, this idea of toxic masculinity. How can yeah. we as moms instill those good character qualities of like, I heard you mention leadership, um, mm -hmm. integrity, I'm thinking of honor, all those things in our boys without swinging the pendulum away from some of the other qualities that we don't often always um, assume when we think of boys like gentleness, mm -hmm. kindness, mm -hmm. compassion, or at least society doesn't always, you know, pair those yeah. up with boys. How can we um, live in the tension between them both without, you know, forming toxic masculinity in our boys. Right. Yeah, that has been such a big topic. And 
it's really concerned me to be honest because I think as everyone's tiptoeing around wanting to you know build up the women and all the girl power movement i'm like okay but these boys need to be powerful too there's yes. boy power and god created them to be strong and to be leaders and i want my boys to grow up knowing that they are created especially by god to be strong men and leaders and men of honor and so yes Jamie, I think those are just conversations that we have regularly. We talk about character. We, we read stories and um, talk about Bible characters who just show so much noble character qualities. And so I think it's an ongoing conversation. Unfortunately, it's not one of those one-time one things where you can teach them and they got it and then they go on, but it's, it's a daily conversation and helping them find that balance between, listen, you know, my nine-year-old, for example, uh, he's all boy and he'll, you know, play fight and he'll walk up to mom and kind of play fight. And I'm like, you know what? You don't even play punch at mommy. You you can play punch at your brothers, but I'm your mommy and you're a protector of women. And so just kind of looking for opportunities throughout the day to help guide and shift and direct them in the right path. So. And to understand that it doesn't have to be an either or thing like you honor and integrity and respect can also be paired with compassion and kindness and gentleness in in both genders, I think. Yes. And I think that Jesus is our best example of that. Right. You know, he's he's our greatest example of a humble leader. So I, just pointing them back to the people who are doing it right and who have done it right throughout history is super helpful. That's so good. Yeah, I, I do want to swing the topic a little bit to something you just said when we have boys or like I have predominantly a lot of girls. So I, people say, oh, you're a girl mom. Um, that term boy mom, a lot of us use that, you know, I'm a, someone will say I'm a boy mom and moms that tuned in today, tuned in to listen to this episode because they are probably boy moms. What do you think their day, what they feel like personally when they identify with those words, boy, mom, do you think it means like exhaustion, big messes, lots of noises, or do you think it means a struggle to raise a godly man? Like what, if we were to put a, a defining subtitle to this topic, boy, mom, for those moms listening, when someone says, I'm a boy, mom, what are they saying? And what can we do to encourage them? Right. That's a great question. When I was writing my book and coming up with the title, I wondered the same thing because I'm guessing there's probably a whole lot of different connotations or understandings of what that means, some positive, some negative. But I guess my hope is to really encourage moms to embrace that title and to love it, to recognize what an honor it is. I mean, really being a mom is just such a privilege in general, whatever you're raising. I'd love to have some girls in my house too. But the fact that God gave me boys, I just want to own that and and really set my aim for the, the vision for the young men that I'm raising and, and who I hope they will be one day. So really, I love to encourage moms to just wear that title with pride, to enjoy it, to know that God gave you boys because he knows that you can do it, <laughs> that he believes in you and that, you know, with the right intentionality, the right mentors, the right um, heart and soul put in, you can be a great boy mom. So I just love it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. As a boy mom, because I, I have four boys, I do have a daughter, so I'm not um, just a boy mom, but I typically get lumped into that category. As a boy mom, I often struggle, and, and I actually hear other moms who are boy moms struggle with this too. I struggle with some quiet judgment 
mm. from those who do not have boys or maybe who just have one boy with a, a lot of other girls, which I think, you know, makes its own dynamic. I think there's a difference between having a lot of boys together and sort of that masculinity or that rambunctious energy multiplies more than just gets added to. I don't know. Um, at least it does in my home. But I, I feel this sort of quiet judgment from other moms who who haven't raised boys um, because I don't think they understand that sometimes there's a difference in what is required to raise a boy versus what is required to raise a girl. And I don't mean better or worse. I just mean different. Um, have you ever experienced that judgment, Monica? And, and if so, can you just maybe speak into the life of the mom today who feels like she's receiving some of that quiet judgment or, or from friends or maybe feels lesser than because her boys are, you know, rowdy or loud or, you know, fill in the blank with whatever adjective. Right. No, that's a great question. And, and as you're talking, just I'm having memories come back to me of when my first three were like five and under and trying to go into public places and just how often my, my second son was very physical, very impulsive. I tell the story in my book that I actually had him evaluated by a psychologist because I, I was convinced there was something wrong. And um, at the end of the evaluation, this sweet older man, he actually did a home visit to evaluate my son. But at the end of his visit, he sat down and I was like, okay, are you allowed to tell me? Like, is there a diagnosis? You know, I was just looking for anything. And, and in the end, he pretty much told me that what I was dealing with was a boy. <laughs> and so I, that was both, you know, a relief, but also kind of frustrated me because I thought my firstborn was a more, you know, mild mannered son. He was pretty easy. And then the second son, he, he had some amount of sensory issues, I believe. And I know that there's a, a spectrum of those, but he really craved physical impact. And so he would just throw his body into walls. He would rub his forehead on the rug until he had a rug burn. He would just bump into strangers in public places. So absolutely, I remember well having people look at me like, could you just get those boys under control? Like, what is wrong? And I'm sure that I cried many tears when I got in the car after being somewhere in public places. But I think over time, I just had to learn to, to trust that this is a process. I talked to enough other moms that told me they will grow out of it. This is going to be okay. Keep training them. Yes. Keep requiring certain behaviors, but some of this is just little boys that need some space. And so I learned to try to avoid closed spaces and <laughs> we quit going to little shops. And instead I'd go to the park and say, be free, run, run, just wear out because they have so much energy. They really need to burn off some of that energy. So some of it was me just figuring out what worked and what didn't and trying to trust the process and not get too insecure when people gave me those looks. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, sometimes I have to remind myself, you know, at the risk of giving a generalization, men mm. and boys love so physically, you know, mm. and so what that looks like when you're six or seven, it looks like, you know, punching your brother in the gut and yeah. then you, you, they both laugh about it. That yeah. doesn't look like love to me, but yeah. that's yeah. exactly how they love right. and, and that's okay. That's not wrong. Right. Exactly. Mm. Well, you know, the energy and the volume and the active behavior of boys exists, but let's be truthful. It's exhausting, right? Like, I mean, by the end of the day, 
when I am at the end of my day with all of my girls, I think I'm more emotionally exhausted and spent than like Jamie is at the end of the day. She's probably more physically exhausted and probably emotionally. Um, but I, I've just noticed even when we record podcasts and, and see each other, um, you know, the level of emotional and mental exhaustion that I have from raising daughters seems to be um, equal to a physical exhaustion that a boy mom might have. Um, and today I am child free actually. So I'm feeling so much more emotional energy. I'm like, wow, you know, this is really exactly what we're talking about. You know, raising boys, raising girls, there really is a difference. And, um, but we want to encourage the moms. What is the best way to not confuse the energy and the volume and the active behavior that our boys have with wrong behavior, mm -hmm. because sometimes we don't want to, we want to be careful to not lump that into, well, he's just a boy. You right. know? So, so how do we encourage these moms and, and help them to decipher and to discern wrong behavior, boy behavior? Mm, yeah, that is, that is a great question. I think that um, praying for discernment is a big part of it. Just asking the Lord to, to make it clear to you. And then I think as moms, we, we see their heart a little bit. We can actually, usually if we're honest, we can tell when, when a punch is a fun punch and when it's an angry or mean punch. And I think going with your gut sometimes is really key and being like, you know what, that just didn't seem right. And pulling that child aside and, and having that talk about their heart. You know, what are you feeling right now? And are you frustrated? And, and what's going on inside of you? And, and those things that boys don't always even understand when they're young, but still bringing up those words and helping give them um, some, some words to use. Because sometimes they don't even know they're jealous or they're frustrated. They just know they're, they're exploding. You know, they just feel angry or physical. So I think just giving them some words to work with. But yeah, I get asked the similar question about sibling rivalry, sibling fighting. You know, when do we break it up? When do we let it go? And so much of that just is being an observer. You can kind of tell usually when something crosses a line and knowing that it's okay to step in when it does. And you're not going to get it perfect. And that's okay too. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I would just add to that too, just allowing for those moments of um, release of energy. You know, I, I know when my husband used to work outside the home, we kind of had this understanding that the first 10 minutes when he walked in the door, my boys were going to strip down to their underpants and wrestle on the floor with him. And it would just be one big massive ball of sweat and energy. And, and, and that had to happen for like yeah. 10 minutes every day. And then they would break it up and, and wander back to the Lego corner or the books or whatever. But they had this pent up energy and release and they or pent up energy that they needed to release. And they knew mom wasn't the appropriate, you know, outlet for that. So they were just anxiously waiting for dad to walk in the door. And as long as he was willing to give them that 10 minutes and actually have a spot on the, the timeline of the day where they could just get all of that out, it just right. made everything go so much smoother. Wow, I love that. And I think that's key too. And, and when they're starting to get wound up in the house, it's usually for me, take it outside. Because usually if they're wrestling in the living room and they have a grassy spot, even if it's small, if you can get them outside, it's going to somehow work itself out a lot better than it will inside the house. Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
Yeah, I just, I have um, a few friends who have all boys up to five to seven boys, two particular mm. friends, and I go to their homes and I'm a predominantly girl mom. So the th significant differences I've noticed is the volume um, mm. in the homes. Like my home is generally a very quiet home. There's mm. a lot of giggling or maybe even crying, um, mm. a lot of fun chatter. But when I go to my friend's home, the volume is increased. It's just so loud. And I remember thinking, um, this is not a bad thing. Like, for, so going back to that topic of conversation we had earlier about other people judging and other people, if you're defining what is bad and what is boy is so important, you know? Yeah. And I think yeah. even as moms, sometimes we have to do that. You know, my friend who's a boy mom, um, has told me I have to, I have to really cut down to the core of the issues with my boys and think, is this a boy thing or is this a bad thing? Because I have to ask myself all the time because it's so loud and there's so much energy. It's easy to just label all of it as this is too much, you know, or you're being bad. Um, so I think for the mom listening, you know, just maybe think about that. Right. And I think it's really hard when they're young to even see the forest for the trees. I mean, you're just like it, the noise, it can be so overwhelming, but if you can just really trust us that, that one day you'll look back and you'll crack up at those things that did make you crazy and the noise and, and, you know, supposedly we're going to miss it all one day. Right. And I think I will miss much of it, but when you really try to gain perspective and think this is all normal, healthy, it helps you walk through that with a little more grace, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And what an honor it is when we recognize as boy moms that, you know, here I have these four young men that just, you know, dote on me and treat me so kindly. And, and they're modeling right now what I hope they'll carry through, you know, to their own wives someday. But that's a privilege to be in that spot. And I have to remind myself of that, even on those hard days where I walk out of a store feeling like the worst mom ever, because I was the one bringing the noise and bringing the the chaos that yes. um, these boys are gifts to me. Yes. And we have to ask ourselves, you know, why are we raising them and what are we doing every day and what is the why behind that? So to close today, uh, Monica, I wonder if you can just share with our listeners how you've raised boys with a personal faith. Like how did, how did you make their faith real to them as boys? Um, and what you want to speak into their lives to become men of God. Mm, yes, it's my favorite topic because I'm just um, so grateful for where my older boys are right now. And, and, you know, there's no guarantees, of course, when we're raising our kids that they're going to embrace our faith and um, decide to have a personal relationship with God. But I, I do love 3 John 1, 4 that says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. And that's just been one of my key parenting verses. And I do believe that uh, the way this happens best is just through the natural, uh, authentic relationship a mom and dad can have with the Lord. And when we're living that out and walking that out every day, that it's going to be a natural overflow. So we haven't necessarily had consistent devotions every night. We haven't had a lot of uh, structure to that. But knowing that mom and dad get up every day and spend time with the Lord, hearing our conversation. We can't help but talk about things God's teaching us and doing in our life. And then really raising our boys to value that morning time. We just make devotions part of what they do from the time they're little. And throughout the day, I think of Deuteronomy chapter six, it just talks about 
you know, talking about God's commands when you walk along the street, when you get up, when you lie down. And I think that's just such a pattern to follow after, just making it very natural for us. And then we did get our boys plugged in to, you know, all the youth groups, all the places we could here on the North Shore, being that we homeschool our boys, their main social interactions were all through church activities. And I'm just a huge believer in influences in our kids' life and the power of influences. And if they're out there in the world, they're going to start looking like the world. So we've been pretty careful about what um, the people and the situations we put our boys in and you know, not that we would ever want to raise them in a bubble, but to some extent, it's our job to protect their hearts. So we take that seriously and we talk about everything. You know, if they do spend time with someone that doesn't share their beliefs, we talk about it and we pray about it and, and we give them coaching and mentoring. I say they start off, you know, we're mommy when they're young, but then we become more of a mentor and a coach. And ultimately, September, I'm sure you're experiencing their friend more than anything later. So I've been blessed to see that all of that combined with praying for them <laughs> and now as they are uh, to our adults to see them loving the lord and spending time each day with him and and really wanting to follow after him completely it's such a blessing and i'm i'm so grateful and i pray that my next two will grow up the same way so i love yeah. it good yeah jamie do you have any more thoughts on that this was so great, Monica. It's been um, wonderful for me as a mother of boys to be championed and encouraged. And I know it will be just such a gift to our listeners. Thank you so much for sharing your insight. Oh, thank you. Monica, thank you so much for helping us launch this two-part series, The Boy Mom and the Girl Mom. We love following your life online. And so can you just share with some of our listeners where they can find you to connect also? Oh, of course. Uh, my home base is my website, which is monicaswanson.com. And you'll find links to everything there. Uh, I do have the Boy Mom podcast and my book is called Boy Mom. On Instagram, I am at monicaswanson underscore. So yeah, I'd love to meet everyone. And if you find me, say hi, tell me where you found me from. Yes. Great. Yeah. You know, we know the series is going to hit home for each of you listening in a very specific way. So we would love to hear from you and what you and your friends are talking about in this conversation with Monica on today's episode, um, The Boy Mom. In two weeks, we will drop the Girl Mom conversation and encourage you to set your podcast reminders so you don't miss out on that as well. We've linked great Boy Mom resources on our website and invite you to follow us on Instagram and Monica as well. Thanks for listening in today.